Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Bruni, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on, Alex. The bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. It is first and goal. Ball spotted just inside the 10. Algier in. Wilson faked it to him and keeps it. Zach Wilson, the speed, and he dives for the end zone. Touchdown. That's off the Nate. Gibbs, who is probably going to be the best pass catcher out of the three. Now. First down, he's going to get after it again. And look at the speed and the spark and the score from Gibbs. Just what Georgia Tech needed. That's Matt Bruning. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And it's the field. Field on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Austin, you tweeted something, bro. You tweeted your running back ranking. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Ohio State fan talking there. Oh, shit. That is why you come to the Debbie debate. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that's pizza-powered. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate. That's Matt Bruning. That's Derek Bosworth and Carl Vagel. Carl Vagel filling in for Austin Nace, who just had octuplets, so he'll be out at least another week. And I'm Felix Sharp on a shell-shocked version of tonight's show. Is Rondell Moore too short? Is Mookie Cooper too short? And what to make of the Deshaun Watson situation? But we start with the CampusToCanton.com running back ranking summit recorded on Monday and available on the Campus to Canton. Dot, or the Campus to Canton podcast feed. Matt, give the people a taste of Monday's run, running back rankings summit. Yeah, so if you guys don't know, we uh, have been doing these ranking summits where we talk about our top 10 players live, and then we go into a little bit of depth uh, for our subscribers only. Uh, and it was a little bit contentious. We had a, a new phrase that I think is going to become very popular with the smartest man in our group. Uh, and so I thought I'd just give you guys a little bit of taste in case you missed it because there was live video and everything. So uh, here is the debut. On a recent episode of Campus to Ken and the Running Back Ranking Summit. Yeah, I'm just I'm concerned about him um, not necessarily being the most dynamic athlete. And then I'm also concerned about his production there at Vandy. Um, you know, he maybe he gets a thousand yards, which is really nice. But he, if he does, it's going to be a tough thousand yards. So let me go ahead, Felix. Having him above um, L.J. Johnson, having him above Zamir White, um, I have a problem those. with those two. Having him above um, L.J. Johnson, having him above Zamir White, um, I, I have a problem those. with those two. I think there's virtually zero chance that he'd ever put up 150 yards against Bama, to be completely honest. <laughs> That's not, I don't mean that to be a dick. I just think, you know, game script, and I just don't like, I don't think he's an NFL quality player. Hey, Jared, can you, we'll filibuster, but I want to see two players compared um, Bam Knight or Zonovan Knight and Raymond Davis. I'd like to see how they compare in your magical number box thing i mean i think even you know with a year assuming he can stay healthy i think even with those knee injuries he's a better athlete than raymond davis 
without like you know like trying to absolutely hit on like a sore point or something here but i really do so no let's all let's all say it in unison zamira white is better than raymond davis all at once okay what everybody everybody say it zamira white White is better than raymond davis alfred over we have some raymond davis haters in the building Davis's freshman year. Wow, imagine that again. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that for those listening on the podcast, Bruning just played the first ever Bacchus bomb. We're gonna when we have Derek on our numbers band, he provides a dose of reality to our takes that are soaked in um, subjectivity. Uh, but Jarek provides the Bacchus bombs. All right, we've got a lot of breaking news, a lot of things going on in the football world this week, but we let's start with George Pickens. Likely out for the 2021 season with a right ACL injury. This, according to 24-7 Sports, um, a, uh, alleged, uh, excuse me, reportedly suffered a torn ACL in Tuesday, Tuesday's practice. This injury has a ton of ripple effects. George is a very good team. Pickens is a very good wide receiver. Matt, what are you thinking about Pickens' place in the 2022 NFL draft now that he's not going to play this season? Well, I don't know for sure that he won't play this season. We've seen guys rush back from injuries like this and actually be able to make it back. Uh, you know, you mentioned on a previous podcast you think Georgia can make the playoffs. So did uh, Kyle Francis from Debbie Watch when he joined us. I believe who he picked to win the national championship. So there's enough time for him to make it back late this year if they do make a playoff run. I think the biggest thing for him is going to be what kind of grade does he get from NFL draft scouts come the end of the year? Because I have not been a big fan of Pickens, whether it's been the injuries that he's had, the, the, I hate to say the off field issues. He's never done anything off field, but he's, you know, a knucklehead. He's done some things he should not have done on field. That's got him in a little bit of trouble. It's causing him to miss playing time as well. But when he has been on the field, we've seen flashes of how amazing he can be. So if he doesn't play this year and then goes into the draft process or he gets that grade and like, hey, you're still a round two prospect for us, I don't think he comes back. So I still think he goes into the NFL. You got a round two grade. You just missed a whole year. Just rehab and go right into the NFL draft process. So for him, I think if he can make it back at the end of the year, if Georgia's making a playoff run, then I think he's going to be just fine because he'll be able to prove a little bit of worth. But I do think that it opens things up for Georgia and does make things a little bit more interesting because I'm not sure I trust anybody else on that wide receiver core to be able to step up and produce the way he did, at least at the end of the year when him and JT Daniels started to get going. Carl, I think that 
Georgia would make a playoff run, and George Pickens was a big reason for that. I mean, he he's a very versatile wide receiver, and you would want to see he and JT Daniels all together for a full season, go through spring camp, go through fall, and see how that offense would be firing on all cylinders. That is a stacked team from the backfield to the wide receiver core to the tight end position, and, and quite frankly, their quarterback room is loaded, at least in my opinion. What do you see – or is George Pickens' injury going to have an impact on the on the 2021 college football playoff race? I mean, I think it was close for me. You're right. Pickens with JT Daniels, that would have been sweet. That would have been just sweet music down there in Georgia. Um, but for me, I didn't even have them making the playoffs to start. They were just that – they are that fifth team, right, because they'd have to beat Bama in order to guarantee that spot, and I just don't see that happening. So I'm, my final four is Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Boomer Sooner, baby. Um, I think Pickens does definitely affect it, though, and I think Georgia's just not going to be the same team. They have decent, solid wide receivers. I mean, their recruiting class last year was a ton of four stars. Very underrated compared to everybody talking about Ohio State, but I just don't think those guys are 100% ready. Georgia's got the early game against Clemson. That's going to be one of the best games of the entire season in September. Uh, early on, I'm, I I really cannot wait for that game. But we're not going to see Pickens there, Boz. So who is going to step up in Pickens' absence? Yeah, so last year we did see uh, Jaden Hazelwood suffer the same injury in April, and he was able to get back onto the field. But he was no, nowhere near 100%. So someone will need to fill these enormous shoes. And I think Jermaine Burton will be the top option for JT Daniels in that offense. And Kiaris Jackson who was a redshirt sophomore last season and actually led the team in receptions and yards. He'll be heavily involved as well. And then they will need one of their underclassmen to step up. Georgia did not land a top 50 wide receiver in this recruiting class, which I think is crazy. And so one of the guys from the 2020 class will definitely have to step up. Neither Marcus Rosemey or Arian Smith played any meaningful snaps last year. Both were highly regarded recruits and Rosemey has more of that alpha wide receiver traits. So I think he's the guy because he reminds me a lot of George Pickens in the way he plays. He's a jump ball guy. Well, you've got Marcus Roseme, you got Dominic Blaylock, who uh, who knows if he'll be back after that really gruesome injury, and Jermaine Burton. I think I have Jermaine Burton as number seven overall in my wide receiver. I mean, I have him in the top ten, I know that, but he's one of the most athletic players um, in the country. But now he's going to have to be a number one. So we're going to see with Jermaine Burton, and you got Darnell Washington, the left tackle playing tight end. Uh, he's probably soon to be a, a left tackle. I man, I just really wish that we would have gotten to see that offense healthy uh, together at least for one season. Who knows? We've seen Georgia rely on the running game in previous seasons. They've got enough weapons back there to rely on the running game if everything's not working out in the passing game. All right, um, more news. Have more news. Seven, with, by the way, uh, good memory. There we go. More news. Rondell Moore has his pro day this week, um, runs a 4-2-9-4. Rondell Moore was as advertised. I mean, we all expected him to be an elite athlete, and he was exactly that. 4-2-9 in the 40-yard dash, 42.5-inch vertical. He didn't he didn't bench press for the pro day, but we've seen him put up 24, um, 24 reps of 225. He's posted that on his Instagram, I believe. But he's 5'7". He's 5'7". Matt, does his size worry you? 
I'm going to be a bad uh, co-host here. I'm going to break off for just a second. Why do you think the Ohio State's going to make the playoffs, Carl? You have that much faith in CJ? <laughs> oh, I'm being serious. Like as as that has a, that actually is a good follow up. I mean, as big as, as as big as an Ohio State homer as I am, I'm honestly don't think they're going to make it. So I'm curious to hear your reason. Like I'm I'm honestly really intrigued to hear it. Perfect. You just want me to talk about quote unquote the Ohio State. Um, for me, I mean, it's, it's better when I mean, other people on the show do it. Besides me, yes, you can right. put you can put Tanner Morgan at quarterback for Ohio State, and they're gonna beat every single other team in the Big Ten. It's just as simple as that. The talent's all there on both sides of the ball, and there's no team that I see really competing with them or knocking them off. I mean, Michigan is Michigan, right, Felix? So you don't think Oregon has a chance to beat them in that Week 2 game? They still have Who's a really good defense. Probably, probably Ty Thompson or yeah. Anthony Brown. Oh. I mean, and, that defense, though, is good against a freshman quarterback. Or, I mean, really, I, I mean, you can't even really say CJ Stroud's a sophomore. He didn't play seven or eight snaps. I wrote the article, eight snaps the entire season. That's a freshman. I'm just hey, curious. I, Look, just, I love it. I love yeah, it. Don't no, get me wrong. I, I think just, you can put anybody at QB there and they're going to succeed. I think you could play QB there and succeed. It's debatable. I, I mean, I do have the Uncle Rico one, but I'm not throwing <laughs> it over any mountains or anything like that. So that's a little bit debatable. All right. Um, I just wanted to address the comments really quick. This is not a program recruiting show, but it will be coming soon. I promise. We are, we are working. So to answer Felix's question about Rondale Moore, no, this size does not worry me uh, because I had no you know, grand illusions that he was going to come in at like 5'10". I've known all along he was only going to be like 5'7 or 5'8". doesn't change what he did in college. I mean, he did as a true freshman, was beating up on guys like, um, God, and now all of their names jump out of my head. Denzel Ward, Jeff Akuda, Chase Young was on that defense. Some, I mean, I'm not that their linebackers were great, but Ohio State's linebackers, he could, they couldn't tackle him. Like, he did all that as a true freshman. Go watch that game where he single-handedly felt like put 56 points on the board against that on that team. Rondell Moore was doing this as a 18-year-old kid, so the size doesn't matter to me whatsoever. It's that lower body strength that's what matters to me. It's what you saw with the explosiveness and the vert. You see it with the with his 40 time. Now, I've said from the beginning, and I'd be curious to hear what you think, and then obviously Austin as well, because Austin, you and Austin have both had Rondell Moore as your wide receiver once for a while. Now, I've always said the reason I didn't have more at one is because I felt like his landing spot mattered more. Moving forward, I think he has to go to a team that's going to utilize him the right way. And if he goes to a team that doesn't, I think that's where he could get hurt. I still think he's an immense talent. He's number 2A for me, tied with Devonta Smith. So I do think that he is a phenomenal wide receiver. They're the last of that tier break for me. So, no, the size does not worry me. Does the size worry any – Carl, Boz, does size worry either of you? No, size doesn't matter, right? That's what they say, right, Bruning? Um, I mean, speaking no. of someone with a mic and Nike, yes, that's what they tell you. It's not <laughs> true, but that's what they tell you. I mean, as a f- true freshman, the dude squatted 600 pounds. Like, his his athletic numbers are off the charts. It's just a matter of staying healthy. So I'm not too worried about him being 5'7". You've seen him produce, and you see NFL teams run their game plans in order to get guys that size the ball. So I got faith in Rondell Moore as being a outlier for his size. Yeah, Oz, you're, you're good with 5'7"? Yeah, uh, that'll affect him in the vertical game and in jump ball situations, but that's not really his game. Rondale's a playmaker with the ball in his hands, and so he's going to get all those manufactured touches and get the ball in the short game, so that's where he's going to be effective. So I'm not too worried about the size. All right, we're going to talk about Rondale more a little bit later on. We had spring games, our first spring games of the season, Missouri and Cal. 
let's start let's start with Cal Bruning because I know you like Ethan Gerbers, Garbers, however you say his last name. Uh, on Gerbers the campus to Canton pod. Either one. On the campus to Canton pod, uh, Colin and Austin have talked up Zach Johnson. I watched that game so I could watch Zach Johnson play. I was not impressed with him at all. He's slight. He doesn't have he doesn't have any elite traits. Um, uh, Bruning, you like Ethan Garbers. I personally, I'm not sure that there's anyone at Cal worth owning. Talk to me about Ethan Garbers. I mean, like is an under uh, is an overstatement. I think he's a serviceable quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he's going to put up. A ton of points there at Cal, because I do agree with you. I know Boz has got someone he mentioned pre-show that he really likes. I'll let him talk about him in a minute. But I, I don't think that he is a horrible quarterback. I think he's an above-average college quarterback. I never thought that Zach Johnson was going to take over. There was all that pre-hype that I believe, as you mentioned, Colin and Austin were talking about. Uh, I still think Garbers holds on to the job and just and plays out the year. I'm trying to remember who they brought. Am I thinking of um, – yeah, that's what I thought. It's Chase Garbers. Ethan Garbers went to UCLA, right? Okay, that's what I thought. I was I was so confused because the, yes. the yeah okay. I just wanted to make sure. I like Ethan Garbers. Yes, you're right. I do not like Chase Garbers. So that's what I was trying to figure out there. So I still think that Chase is going to keep the job though. Uh, but his younger brother Ethan, I do think, has some upside going to UCLA. Will be the starter next year, I believe. That's where he was UCLA with uh uh what's Chip his name Kelly. Chip Kelly, right? Yeah, so. I do like Ethan Garbage. Yeah, UCLA. They're going to be good. Boz, um, you know, as a running back, Jameer Gibbs averaged 12.2 or so yards per reception. There's not a wide receiver um, at Cal that had a higher yards per reception. Is there anybody, any wide receiver that we should that we should care about for Cal? Yes. Yeah, so basically the only uh, person you should be looking at from that Cal offense is J. Michael Sturdivant. He's an incoming recruit. And this guy is just a jump ball beast. He's going to be a red zone threat right from the day he arrives. And, yeah, he's big. I believe he's 6'4". Big, big target, and that wide receiver room is wide open. All right. J. Michael Sturdivant, pay attention to him. We also had Missouri. Um, there's been a, a little bit made about Tyler Macon going to Missouri. Tyler Macon, an alleged dual threat quarterback from East St. Louis, um, played well on the camp circuit. I, you know, I I don't I don't see him overtaking Connor Basilak th- from that position. The big takeaway from Missouri, at least in my opinion, is Mookie Cooper. You saw him being used on jet sweeps and on short stuff. I think that eventually they'll get him involved vertically. I am really high on Mookie Cooper, um, especially for Missouri, a wide open offense that is, and he's the best, he's going to be the best offensive player on that team. They're going to be in negative game scripts. I think that he's going to get, have a lot of opportunity to put up some kind of crazy stats next season. Anybody else? Uh, Carl, what, what are your feelings on Missouri, Mookie Cooper, Connor Basilek? I mean, Missouri's not going to compete for anything, but they are going to be behind in games and they're going to be throwing it and, and putting up points. And you're right, Mookie Cooper is the best offensive piece on that team. But I'm more excited for Connor Basilak. Um, He's finally getting his chance to start, and I think this could be great for him. I mean, he's had opportunities and then injuries, or they throw the ball to somebody else. And now there's rumors that a certain freshman might be trying to steal his job again. But I, I, I'm excited for Connor over Cooper. Any other thoughts on Missouri before we move on? Mookie Cooper's going to eat this year. Sorry, Carl. 
Well, we're we're going to talk about Mookie Cooper a little bit later on. Now, in a story that is absolutely snowballed is Deshaun Watson. We're up to 16 Jane Doe complaints filed in Harris County, Texas, all alleging similar conduct. We've got uh, Deshaun Watson reaching out to these masseuse and personal services folks and and then essentially asking for inappropriate uh, or forcing, allegedly forcing inappropriate contact, contact during the massage. Very dicey situation here, boss. What what are your thoughts about um, about Deshaun Watson right now? Trading for him, holding him. I mean, I know we're kind of putting together, putting aside the ugly stuff and talking about his fantasy value, but we got to talk about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it, it's a really bad look, but um, I think if you have him, you hold him right now because his value is just plummeting. But I'm not going to be actively going to trade for him just because, <laughs> honestly, I don't want that on my team. It's a really bad look. All right, 100%. I hear that. I hear that. Um, we've got Carl. We've got Boz on the show. To show They uh, host the Up Next podcast, which fo- focuses exclusively on freshmen. Good sh- good sh- on freshmen. It's a good show. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Boz, let me start with you. What are your overall takeaways from this 2021 freshman class? Yeah, so compared to the 2020 class, the biggest thing is that there's no glaring top QBs in this class like there was with Bryce Young and DJU. And in the 2020 class, all three of Bijan, DJU, Bryce Young, they were all immediately immediately Debbie studs before they even touched the college field. And in this class, it seems like there's only really one of them in Travion Henderson. Um, I do think that this wide receiver class is actually better this year though. Um, Rakeem Jarrett was my wide receiver one last year. And if he were in this class, he would slot in at number four behind Brooks, Aguka, and Earl. Wow. Carl, I mean, how, how would you compare, how would you stack up the 2020 class the 2020 freshman class or the 2021 freshman class? I mean, I think Boz nailed it on the head. There isn't this huge, like, standout at QB. I mean, there's no DJU, Neil Bryce Young. Um, And Caleb Williams has so many question marks. I love him, but he has a ton of question marks. Um, And so I, I think you nailed it. I mean, the running backs last year were better. I still think this is a very strong class, but uh, if I was comparing the two, I'd, I'd put last year's classes higher overall. And we should point out that we had um, Alan True on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he pointed out that for these players that didn't play, which would include uh, Lajala quarterback Tyler Buchner in California, they weren't able to improve upon their recruiting pedigree, not able to earn a fifth star. I mean, we saw Tyler Buchner run for 1,600 yards as a freshman, just be a really dynamic player, and he wasn't able to um, improve as a senior. So we'll see. Not there's. There's not a, a a DJU or Bryce Young in this class, but that could be because of the pandemic, and we didn't get to see you know folks uh, uh, kids earn a fifth star. All right. Um, any rankings that twenty four seven got wrong, Carl? I mean, there's a couple guys that I like that they have lower. I don't know if they got them wrong because I definitely do not scout these players as in-depth as they do. A wide receiver that I really like that was a little bit lower on their list is Quadarius Davis. He's going to Kansas, and 
they may have ranked him right, um, but his opportunity for playing time right away is what bumps him up my list because he is the highest recruit that Kansas has ever gotten. Uh, he was originally going to USC, flipped to Kansas. He's staying there even with the Les Miles uh, situation. That's no longer a situation. Um, and the dude can just ball. He is explosive in the open field. Um, and he's six foot, so he's not just a little guy running around. He's got he's got decent size. Uh, and then another guy I like, but I'll talk about him at the next topic. Uh, well, Boz, any of the rankings that you had a problem with for twenty four seven? Uh, yeah, just Keon Coleman. He's uh he's going to Michigan State, so I know Felix loves him. Um, two four seven composite has him as wide receiver sixty two, and two four seven has him at forty two. I currently have him as my wide receiver at 11. He had offers from huge schools like Georgia, A&M, and Oklahoma. And for good reason. He's 6'4", 200 pounds, and he averages 32.6 yards per reception in high school. And he scored 63% of the time he touches the ball. And he plans on playing basketball and uh, football in college as well. But he did play against god-awful competition in high school, but for his size, he was very smooth. I thought I was looking at a six-foot receiver when I was watching him, but it turns out he's 6'4", and it may take him a bit to develop his route running tree, but the upside for Coleman is lim limitless, and I think he should have been a high recruit. Uh, that is an impressive name, and I'm going to look at him after the show today. The last player that I can remember, that I can remember at Michigan State playing both basketball and football was Matt Trannon. I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember Matt Trannon. I believe he played with Kirk Cousins. Maybe it might have been a season or two before Kirk Cousins. Matt Trannon, I'm pretty sure, out of Pontiac, if I remember correctly. And I think that he was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. If I could, if that if I've remembered that correctly, I'm gonna be impressed with myself. So if somebody please look that up to see if Matt Trannon was was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Um Boz, let me come back to you. How any particular way that you're approaching freshman drafts, you know, when we get brand tracks opening back up and we have freshman drafts this season, any particular strategy that you have? So this is a pretty boring answer, but I think you just got to go best player available based on your evaluations. If you're playing fantasy football, like deep enough to be in a campus to Canton league, you definitely have your own opinions on most players. So you got to take the best player available and bet on yourself. That's how. That's what makes fantasy fun. Matt Trannon was an undrafted free agent for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, come on now. Let's undrafted? Go. Let's go. <laughs> undrafted, not drafted. Undrafted free agent for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Carl, how are you attacking freshman drafts? Uh, the, the same way that Boz said it, it's the same way I attack any draft is I draft best player available according to my board. Um, I've learned in past years when I tried to ba draft based off need, it always ends up hurting you in the long run. Um, so always draft best player available, make the trades you have to afterwards. Well, I know who the best player available is at one. Who's the best player available at two, Carl? At two. Great question. Um, I go Caleb Williams there. He's my well, Wait, wait, one. wait. How, how, who's the best player available at one? If we're assuming super flex for all campus to Canton leagues, are you sure that they're taking Travion Henderson? Carl, but I didn't ask you, Bruning. Boz, I'm asking who them, are is you that who they're taking? Boz, give, give, give us if you listen to the two. podcast, you would know. I think it's got to go Travion at one and then Shipley at two, just because this QB, QB class has a lot of names at the top. 
if if you had to take a, the, the who would be the first quarterback that you would take if you had to take a quarterback? He would. I like Carl. Him. Mine's mine's Caleb Williams. There's too much upside there, especially with Lincoln Riley and what he's done with a guy like Jalen Hurts, who nobody thought was a draft prospect when he was at Alabama, and all of a sudden he's a second round pick and. Now he's the hottest name at QB in the NFL for fantasy. He has to learn how to throw first, right? Like, you are worried about that, right? <laughs> I was going to say, never, he's never 100% focused on football or had the uh, extensive coaching that other players get in the nope. sport. So now he finally gets it, and then we'll see. I'm never 100% focused on this podcast, but I'm pretty still pretty damn good at it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Caleb Williams heading straight for your dynasty rosters as a wide receiver. All right, let's move on Running to back. Um, any under the uh, last question here about the freshman class. I'm and Boz, I'll throw it to you. No, nope, I'm uh, not first. Oh, I already said it. I, Boz is a smart I didn't. Class. I didn't we're trying to promote these guys, Bruning. I mean, do you talk about it? It's my show. show. It's my show. I want to talk a little bit. All right, Bruning. Who's the under the radar freshman that you're I'll really make, intrigued make it quick. by? Just because I've talked about him before. Gavin Blackwell, wide receiver, North Carolina, 5'11, 185. Got some pretty high um scholarship offers from teams like Florida, Ohio State. Uh, there was another one on there too, and I can't remember who it is, but I think he's gonna be really good this year. I actually think he's going to break out uh for North Carolina this year, getting that one year in with Sam Howell at the slot position. So I wanted to talk about him earlier, but you kept skipping over me and you refused to look at the private chat. So I figured I'd just butt in now and make sure I get my guy in. Boz, who's your guy that you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll be talking about Preston Stone. Um Preston Stone's high school resume is unmatched in this quarterback class. In 11 games this year, he threw for 3,500 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, six interceptions, 500 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, with a 74.4 completion rate. And he did so in the largest private school division in Texas. He throws heat. He puts high velocity on his balls. And he works through his progressions quickly. He's 6'2 with a filled-out frame at 205. He's an effective runner. He isn't a high-end athlete, but he's able to work the pocket and he can tuck it and run when he wants to situationally. And uh, he he has that dog in him, so I love that for a quarterback. His um, only loss this season came against Nolan Catholic, where he played poorly through two interceptions, and they met again in the championship, and Stone just put the team on his back going for 400 yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions, and he won the championship. And he's going to SMU. Bukele's returning, but I think Preston will be QB2. And as soon as he steps in, he's a college-ready quarterback. And I think he'll be a breakout star. I can't wait to see Tanner Mordecai start there. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not happening. Uh, when I dove really deep, um, I found a guy who's intriguing to me. And he's not a gopher. That's a first. Um and this is Riley Leonard. He's a QB going to Duke. He's only a three-star. He's ranked 680th nationally. So I really dug deep. Uh, 6'4", 203. He played in 7A ball in Alabama, which is the highest class in Alabama. Um, and, I mean, I don't think he's – he may not be anything special, but when you're wanting to take a flyer and a guy who intrigues you, Riley Leonard, who's already 6'4", been working out with um, Daniel Jones, if you've heard of him. I mean, he's worth a shot. He's and up. he's got he's got a full dual ability. Where where, where is he going to play? Because he's not going to start over Drake May. Duke. 
said UN. Duke. Oh, my bad. I'm still got North Carolina on my mind. Definitely Daniel different Jones color blues there, Matt. Daniel Jones still sucks, though. <laughs> I, uh, I love hearing the new names that I have not heard before. All right. That is that it for the freshman class. Any other thoughts on the freshman class before we close out that segment? No, just wanted right. to echo that we're taking Travion Henderson at one. That that is what we conceded to, right? That's a consensus. Travion Henderson at one. Okay, cool. All right, boys, are we ready for the Debbie debates? Absolutely. Yes. All right, Boz. Since you answered, we're going to start with you first. You can only roster one. Hypothetically, you can only roster one. Are you taking Deshaun Watson or George Pickens? I'm going to go Deshaun Watson because of the fact if he, if everything is good with his situation, then he is just a top elite NFL talent for your dynasty teams. Yep, yep. I I would go Deshaun as well, um, just because you don't know what Pickens can do in the NFL yet. If he gets there, I'm sure he will. But Deshaun, if this is all clear, uh, speaking of random, random off topic a little bit, there's a conspiracy theory that the Texans are paying yeah, I've heard this. these 16 yeah. people to allege these lawsuits. So Deshaun looks worse and then he no team wants him. Uh, I will say Deshaun as well because I, I'm not a lawyer like Felix is. I haven't looked as deeply into some of this stuff either, but as far as I've read, all of this is civil court stuff. So no actual criminal charges have been pressed against Deshaun Watson. So if no criminal charges are going to be pressed against him, and that means that at worst he's going to get like a four-game suspension because that's what happened. Don't remember who it was a couple years ago. was put on the commissioner's list, got a six-game suspension. It was reduced down to four games. I do think he's eventually going to get traded. There's just too much going on there in Houston. He's too good of a player. I'd rather have a quarterback as well. Assuming C2C league, you're talking super flex. So give me a guy who's an all-world talent at the quarterback position. He's going to be suspended a couple games this year, and then I get him for the rest of his career. So, And George Pickens is my wide receiver four. I mean, why? Why would you want that? The only thing that, I, the only thing that I'll say, Bruni, is that if, if – Deshaun Watson gets suspended. It's not going to be for for four games. It's going to be for the season because you got the. I mean, he if he allegedly violated the NFL personal conduct policy by allegedly raping some of these women, they're not just going to say we're going to give the rapist four games. It's going to be for the season or for multiple seasons. And so for that reason, I'm taking George Pickens, and also because I'm just not agreeing with Bruni on anything. Let's not. I mean, I'm just. There's just no chance. I mean, all right. Nobody has anybody ever been suspended for the whole season. Like, I'm not trying to like downplay what Deshaun Watson has done because it's horrific. But I'm just asking. Like, well, first of all, these are I mean, allegations. Yes, these are allegations. These are allegations. These are, nothing has been proven. But what I'm saying is, is if the NFL is going to take action, then they've concluded that he's violated the personal conduct policy. I think it's a bad look, PR wise, if yeah. they just suspend Deshaun Watson for three for four games. It's going to be the season. It's going to be all or nothing. Either they're going to suspend him for the entire season or they're going to do nothing. I don't see foresee them saying, oh, well, yeah, you forced this woman to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to give you two games. That would be a horrible, horrible PR move for the NFL. 
No, oh, yeah, All they're right. not going to suspend him for that. I agree that they, will, they probably will say you're suspended for the whole season, but then the players' union comes in and they go against that, and then they get it reduced. They look bad, not the NFL. Roger Goodell is going to look like a hero and you know, the knight in shining armor because he suspended him for a year. I don't think that that stands, though, because they don't have a precedent. I just look. There's been two players, Dante Stallworth, who uh, killed somebody. Killed somebody. And then the other one was Adam Jones, who, but that was also because of multiple repeated infractions. Like Deshaun Watson, obviously, with whatever. Again, I can't say that he's been doing anything because I don't know. I'm not on one of those ladies, and I don't know everything. So, as you mentioned, he's been accused of all this stuff. I don't know what actually happened, what has or hasn't. So, I, I just, he hasn't had any other infractions that I know of. Well, I don't know if the NFL is going to suspend him for multiple seasons. He may get suspended for a year. And then the players' union fights it, and it probably gets reduced. All right, um, let's tie, let's do a little tie a bow on that. Mookie Cooper, we talked about them. Um, Carl, I'm going to go to you first. Over or under 1,100 all-purpose yards for Mookie Cooper in 2021? I'm going with under, and I'm using stats to back it up. The uh, the Missouri Tigers have not have only had one person in the past five years get over 1,100 yards from scrimmage. So I will gladly – oh, they've had two. One over 1,200, Larry Roundtree, his freshman year. But, I mean, the, the stats just aren't there. They have never had a receiver get over 1,100 um, in the past 10 years that I just looked at. So I'm going under for Mookie Cooper unless he's switching to running back. Go ahead, I'll I'll go with the over because I think he's going to have that Wandale Robinson on Nebraska-type role. He'll be playing in the backfield and in the slot, and he's just going to be that whole offense. He's clearly their best weapon. I would just like to point out that Felix pulled a mat and called Boz Carl, so it's not just yeah, me. Yeah, I caught it. That. I caught it. <laughs> uh, uh, Wandale, his freshman uh, year, only had 793. I will say over because I was trying to pull it up, but has Mizzou ever really had a wide receiver like Mookie Cooper? I believe that he's a very talented wide receiver. So, I mean, I know they had Doriel Green Beckham, who is like amazing, but outside Jeremy of him. Macklin. Okay. I'll take Mookie Cooper over. Macklin Are you guys forgetting Jamon Moore? I mean, I know he didn't turn into anything at the NFL level, but he had a thousand yards his last two seasons. And there was another, uh, I can't think of in the, that was probably that was longer like than five four years, years ago, ago. wasn't it? And then there was the other wide receiver, um, like two or three years ago, who got who was an undrafted free agent for the Bears. I cannot remember his name off the top Emmanuel of my head. Hall. Emmanuel Hall. There we go. There we go. But I mean, this offense has put up numbers before, and Mookie Cooper is a very talented player, and he's going to be used in the running game. So he's probably going to have you know three hundred yards rushing or two or 300 yards rushing, and I think that he could put up 900 yards receiving. So I'm going to take the over wait, wait. on Mookie Cooper, 1,100 yards, all-purpose all uh, yards for Mookie Cooper. What, Bruning? No, you're good. I didn't realize you said all-purpose. I still went over. I just didn't realize you said all-purpose. So you're good. Well, that's Continue. why we go over the show sheet before the show so you we can answer the questions. All-purpose yards right there in the show sheet. All right. I said over. Ron, what are you coming at me for? I said over. Rondale Moore. Uh, Boz, we'll start with you. I'll give, I give you pick 218 in the NFL draft. Is he going to be taken before 
or after 218 in the NFL draft? So that's a very tough one. Um, but I think I have to go under just because of how deep this wide receiver class is. You could there's 15 wide receivers here that could all be interchanged other than the top three, really. Wait, so then that'd be over, right? Uh no, under because of the value. He's saying he's taken after 218. Yeah. Before we'll, we'll call this okay. before yeah, or after. Be over. That would be over. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm Carl, so confused. I hate this over-under crap. It makes things confusing. <laughs> well, Bruning, since you're talking before or after 218. Yes. After, because I agree with Buzz. I think the 5'7 the is going to scare some people off, and there's so many other wide receivers that do a lot of the same things, if not possibly a little bit better, that will get taken ahead of them. So I'm going to go over. Carl. All right, I'm going to take the under the proper way. He's going to get drafted before 2.18. Uh, part of it's going to have to deal with that 4.29 speed, which still some GMs are like, oh, he's fast, got to draft him. Uh, and the rest is what he, how he produced as a freshman in college. He's, he's a playmaker. He's a difference maker. I think he's in the top five, top six wide receivers in this class. So if someone's taken 2-2 Atwell in a mock draft, <clears throat> Mel Kuyper, um, I think Rondell Moore should go before that. You know, it's tough here because I think that he will be one of the first five or so wide receivers taken. However, I could see the first wide receiver not being taken in this, in this class until about pick 15 or so. I know that people have said that, you know, Devonta Smith could go to Miami in the top five. I don't see I don't foresee that happening. I think that we could see the wide receiver position get pushed down this draft board, which makes. 218 a sweet spot that said i'm still going to take the over because he's just too damn athletic and you know an offensive coordinator is going to say we can get this guy the ball i mean i i have comped him to um the way jarvis landry was used in miami jarvis landry was used almost as an extension of the running game with bubble screen after bubble screen i mean he it, it seemed like he didn't even get the ball beyond the line of scrimmage. If and 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 Jarvis Landry, for as good as he is, is a sub athlete. Take that same usage and put it with Rondell Moore. Man, I mean, he's going to make things very easy for a quarterback. So I'm gonna go, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm gonna say that he's taken before pick 218. Another question. I was gonna I was gonna switch mine to even, but the Raiders picked two picks before, so he's going at 2.16. Well, uh, uh, Carl, we'll, go, we'll, we'll come back to you with Rondell Moore. Will he finish one or more seasons of his NFL career as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver? I'll give him one. I'll give him at least one. Um, I don't know if he'll get two just because there's so many good wide receivers, but if he, if he just has that one year like he did as a freshman, like he's that's definitely wide receiver one in fantasy. Yes, uh, his skill set is going to translate into fantasy points. That He's just going to be a target magnet, reception hog, and uh, wh whichever offensive coordinator has him is going to want to get the ball in his hands. That's going to lead to a lot of PPR points. I will say yes because I'm really hoping that he goes to a team that's going to use him the correct way, like Boz is saying. If that happens, I think he – Definitely will finish as a top 12 wide receiver at least once, if not multiple times, because he is just too damn talented. But I, we, I think, are all very much hoping that he's going to land somewhere that's going to utilize him the right way. 
He's really talented. Um, I heard a comp from Matt McCoy on Clubhouse either at today or yesterday. I can't remember. And he comped into Percy Harvin. I love that comp for a number of reasons. The injury history, the body type, the athleticism, the way that you can use him. You can use him as a part of the running game. I love the comp um, uh, of Rondell Moore to Percy Harvin. I can't remember if Percy Harvin ever made it through a season where he could finish as a wide receiver one, but I know that I, I I know that there was at least a season before he got injured that he was a wide receiver one. It's just going to be a matter of health for Rondell Moore. And I mean, he's, f- 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 we'll see. We'll see if he can hold up. I'm going to say, oh, I mean, it's hard. I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that, yes, no, no. I'm going to say that, no, he does not finish with one. I think he's a wide receiver, too, a high-end wide receiver, too. That's what I'm going to say, but he is going to be a PPR beast. Carl, Boz, we thank you guys for being on the show today. Um, We want everyone to check out the Up Next pod. Boz, tell us what we can expect um, uh, when the show gets up and running again. Yeah, so um, right now with school, it's been tough to get the consistency. So I'm whipping up a few episodes in the works, and then I'll be able to get into consistency once I have those prepared. And, yeah, it's it's all about the freshman class, and it will be on the next freshman class as well. We're going to go as deep as we can. What's your favorite Disney movie, Boz? Come back to me. Come back to me. I got to think about this. Carl, what's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, it's it's close. If I'm going new gen, it's Big Hero 6. If I'm going old school, it's The Fox and the Hound. The correct Toy answer Story. is Aladdin. I'm sorry. The correct answer is Aladdin. <laughs> Which one? The new one or the old one? Old one. Find our written content at campusyoucan.com. You can follow the show at Debbie Debate. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning, for Carl Vagel, for Derek Bosworth, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40 yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>